Shafi, how many backpacks does it take to make a podcast? You know, I kind of imagine him kind of in a sort of a, a dusty office overlooking a little town square, you know, where he says they suck the oil out of the ground. And I see him kind of as this like kind of Sam Spade character. Like I never would have thought this person would walk in and ask me this question, you know. So I kind of imagine these these questions like I'm Jeff, but I'm not going to imitate him at all because that would be a disservice to humanity. sun is setting over Austin, Texas, and indeed over my tiny little casa, where the birds are asleep on Bill the Landlord's bird feeder, and I am so glad to be here recording episode number 141 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Shaper podcast spectacular. Man, we got some good stuff going for you tonight. Uh... We have a special, uh, we have a special poetry corner, uh, one that I want to have a little fun with. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Be a slight variation from the normal, the norm. Uh, we probably need to talk about some poetry too. Some talk about some celebrity podcasts and some celebrity podcasters, uh, and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe one of us is included in that. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll wonder along with Matthew about some things. And uh, of course, uh, my beloved friend uh, is coming back from the COVID. That's why there's been a little bit of a break between our this and our last show. So we'll talk to, we'll get Matthew's minutia about the uh, the virus. Big deal. I'm super excited about that, especially having lived through it myself. Uh, but first, let's welcome him. He is a rampy, not a Roy. He's the pride of Tarzana, California, for his smooth children's folk rock stylings. He's a friend of the Shoeless Piper. He is a navigator of the of the celestial maps, cosmic maps, the new age. He's Matthew Rampy. You are the podcasting queen, young and sweet, only 17 episodes podcasting queen feel the beat from the laptop screen oh yeah you can talk you can jive having the time of your life Ooh, see those boys hear that scene digging the podcasting queens that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, that's us. I am happy. Podcast. You are the podcasting queen, Shafi. I am happy on this Pride weekend to don the title of podcasting I, queens. I realized that I had no ABBA thus far in my parody. I, you know, I'm, come on. One, if I start paying attention in life, I'm gonna like notice all kinds of things. Come on. I gotta tell you real quick. I've been listening to the podcast. We've been off for two weeks. I survived the COVID. Get to that in a minute. And I was I was telling you that I was listening to 
we each tell each other that we listen to this episode, but usually you didn't. You listen to the 45 minutes of, yeah, yeah. of 58 or whatever. And so I was letting my phone just play these ends of episodes that I hadn't really listened to. And I, I find that even though to us, towards the end, we're like, oh, what are we doing here with our lives? What are we talking about? But it leads us to some interesting topics right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like, Obviously, we're shot out of a cannon at the first of the show, and yeah, that's yeah. a lot of fun. But, man, there is something about we're, like, tired, getting drunk, or, <laughs> um, you know, just, like, running out of material, and then, then the interesting stuff starts happening. So, no doubt. so I, re- I just recommend all the listeners just listening to the end. Um, I've also gone back and listened to a couple of seminal episodes, episode 54. I can't remember the title just now. Um, it, it has to do with um, the whole um, it, episode 54, the 1996 Tarzana, California Children's Folk Festival, <laughs> where we, where we, I mean, this goes back to like a previous inside joke. And then we, the way we were saying it on the show might make you think that this actually happened. And then, cause I, because then I was like, oh, and it wasn't, it wasn't the summer of 95 because you were in, in jail in Mexico. Remember that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were, we, we had this ruse. I mean, like, I feel like we, the show's moved beyond us playing some ruse. Maybe not. And then I, st- then I started listening to episode 77, the 2021 Inter-Tarzana Topanga Children's Folk Festival, <laughs> which is... I think the second time that we had Alex on the show <laughs> and like, I think maybe he's a little bent. Just, uh, like um, I, he mentioned recently that this was the soberest he's ever been recording yeah. the show. Um, and then I, there seems to be like some misunderstandings between he and I right at first. And <laughs> there was this whole thing where you were calling him Larry wilderness and we like hadn't even said his name yet. And, <laughs> I don't even remember that. I mean, there's. So, I don't. I don't know why I would be calling him that. Even he, he, he put it on his um, video chat. Oh thing. yeah. And then I thought it was some um, inside joke, and then then he points out to us that six seconds of the theme song have been cut off from the editing, and that I didn't realize. And then I was like, you got to bring this up on the show. And he's like, I, I, I'm, we're talking on the show. <laughs> I don't know. It was, Alex is great every time. And, but it's weird going back and listening to this thing, which I mean, has gotten better, but it's hard to define how. Yeah, <laughs> it is essentially the it's same essentially thing. It's essentially the same. <laughs> but we have figured out a way to keep things moving forward in a way that we had to learn really to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're still fine tuning. I would say I, I can see it getting it. It's like evolution. It's slow. Yeah. And what's you know, there's the Malcolm Gladwell thing. If you do anything 10,000 times, you will master it. Right. So, so here we are. One forty-one. We we're well on our way. <laughs> One. <laughs> One ten thousandth of the one, one one thousandth of the way there. We're one one thousandth of being good <laughs> towards being good. <laughs>
I'm so happy to be podcasting. I I'm just I, so glad to see you, man. I did get ill. We went on a trip, and we got to our destination, and then the Isabel tested positive. Apparently, the whole fifth grade was hot with COVID <laughs> on the last two days of school. Oh, no. And on the last day of school, Isabel was like, I was like, well, how was the last day? She was like, oh, it was sad. Everybody was crying. And so I could see them. They're just like, they all have high viral loads and their tears, yeah. and they're just splashing their tears <laughs> on one another. And, God. Um, so gross. And then, like, the night before, we had a super early flight. And, like, right before bed, Isabel was like, my throat's scratchy. And then we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to see the Gathering Place, which is this amazing public park project there. It was really cool. But, like, we we went to this cafe in Tulsa and ate lunch. And I swear, like, right after lunch, I could feel it coming on my back. Is like it a, funny? Like, like on my back. Is it not so funny that... Like, America just decided that COVID was over, even though COVID was not over at all. Well, it's like we collectively decided, no, we've had enough. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna fucking super spread and watch I mean, out. I mean, I think it had to happen at some now, point. It, it's it's okay that it's happened now because we understand how to treat it. We've had two. We're not two overloading shots and a booster. You know, yeah. yeah, people aren't you know dying as much. Yeah, people are still dying though, you know. Yeah, well, uh, and you know maybe this will get us to the next, you know, the next stage of all this, or the next look of you know what all this is going to look like next. I which, think you I think know they say just... it's going to be the you know the flu sort of situation where yeah. once a year there's a vaccination and some of us get it, and some of us don't. Uh, which okay, you know. A lot of people will tell you if there's a f- significant percentage, le- smaller percentage of people on this planet, everybody's going to be better for it. Right. And I don't just mean humans. Right. I mean, like, polar bears and dolphins and whales and, and humans. But let's not, I don't, I, I don't mean to be maudlin. It's just, it's just a fact. I don't, you know, I don't know if you stepped outside lately, but it is, I don't know. Chuck and I were arguing with each other. I mean, the numbers are there. It's getting hotter for longer. Yeah. But we were also talking about the fact that in your in our 40s, we are far less equipped to deal with hot weather than we were, say, 20 years ago. I feel more equipped now. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this. I, I, I used to, my body used to run really hot mm. and now it does, it does not. I, I I can tolerate it much better. That's interesting. I I think I probably have high blood pressure and you have low blood pressure. I don't. I mean, I, now I, I, that's not true. I do not have low blood pressure. I wish. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not fun. I, what were you, what were y'all arguing about? Who you and Chuck? No, we were just we were talking about you were well about whether commiserate. We were, yeah, we were like, is this global warming or is this the fact that we're forty years old and we just can't handle this shit anymore? Right, right. But really, you know, it's both. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm we are gonna, we are on track. You know, I was talking with it's going to be a hot Dick. Summer. I think we uh, I think it was twenty twelve. We had one hundred days over one hundred. It was, was twenty eleven. And I think that we're going to, we might even break that record. We might break it. We're, this is how it started. It's in, in 2011, it was a, 
a dry spring. Yeah. And then when the heat comes and there's no moisture in the ground, it just gets Is really Is that hot. when Bastrop burned? Um, I don't think so. I think that was 20. Uh, uh, well, no, maybe it was. 2011, Bastrop fire. Yeah, okay. So, got that to look forward to, too. Fire season. Thanks, climate change. I'm glad we got out the bummer stuff right here. <laughs> the front we, hey, guys. We promised the rest of the show is going to be fun, fun, fun. Speaking of fun, what's more fun, Matthew, than Coney Island? I don't know. It, it sounds fun. I've never been there. Is Coney it fun? Island. Coney Island is awesome. Yeah. Coney Island is so like... So there like, used to be an amusement park there? Yeah. There's still an amusement still park. still an amusement there. park. Okay. The funny thing about Coney Island is that it used to be this, like... It used to be this very kind of nice, magical place. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Right. And and now it's it's more like, you know, a parking lot... A parking lot fair, mm. you know. What do you call those things? A, just like a traveling carnival. Yeah, a parking lot carnival uh, on the beach. They're permanently oh. on the boardwalk on the Atlantic Ocean oh, okay. on the uh, okay. on the southern edge of Brooklyn. And it, but it's so much fun because it, it feels like a place out of time, and you know you can feel all the history and all the excitement that went on there. It's just yeah. it's 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 visible, and you know like the the lovers' uh, initials in the wood and just the atmosphere. It's just, it's an amazing, super cool place. It just, and it feels, you know, singularly American and like the good, weird parts of America, you know, not the bad stuff. And, you know, I, I, I defy anyone not to, not to have, you know, Feelings of excitement and nostalgia and wonder when they go to Coney Island. Uh, and the reason that, I, that this came up was because I was texting with Lindsay Anderberg. Uh, Love that Lindsay Anderberg. Today, lots of fun. Former guest on the show. Big fan. And she is taking Fiona there tomorrow. Uh, and I was like, wow, you know, what an amazing memory to have your whole life to, you know, to go to Coney Island as a young girl. She's like, yeah, this... And this is her, you know, third or fourth trip. But I'm, I guarantee you that she remembers like some version of her very first trip there too, which was, I think, 2021. Uh, no, sorry, that's not 2020 or something. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but I was just, and, and Lindsay forwarded me some pictures and they're just brilliant. That's and I, Lindsay's, uh, Fiona is Lindsay's daughter. Okay. Uh, how old is she? Uh, she's. I think she's exactly Shapey's age. So oh, okay, yeah, Seven? five. <laughs> yeah, okay, five. Shafee's five or six, not That's seven. Right. That's right, Shafey's five. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, and just the the pictures of you know just Fiona's pure joy and like just you know the boardwalk behind it with the weird you know shoot 'em up games and the. Uh, so it's got like all those old, like those old time, you know, like shoot the target in the Western saloon. Yeah. Games. I love those games. Yeah. Hot dog stands, of course, you know. So then I started thinking about my first time and some hilarious 
hilarious subsequent times to Coney Island. The right times in Coney Island are many. Um, do they sell beer at Coney Island? They definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. You can get you can get you, real good You there. can get a beer and walk on the beach and that kind of thing. We made an awesome trip down there. I think it was with Tara and Kaylee. Maybe we drove Jameson's Mustang down there. Whoa! Um, my first time was New Year's. It would have been New Year's Day, twenty twenty two. So actually, I lived in New York for a whole eleven months before I made it there. Wait. Sorry, not 2002. 2002. Exactly, yeah. 20 years ago, gosh. Um, And we went on New Year's Day just to, like, there's the whole polar bear thing that they do there. But we had already missed that. We just went because it would seem like a weird, fun thing to do on on a day when everybody had off. Um, And and it was weird. It was fun to walk it around on, you know, like the, the surprising number of people down there. You know, despite the fact that it was the dead of cold and people just walking around on the beach. And we took, we had uh, our camera, we took black and white photos of each other. And, uh, and it, it, like, really nothing special. I don't think we even rode any rides, but just walking around in the off season is still magical at Coney Island. So another time with, with, with that time with Jameson, we like that, we did everything. We did the batting cages. We played the games. We ate the hot dogs. We jumped in the water, even though it was like April. It was cold. It didn't matter. So, but we kind of had the perfect classic Coney Island day. Then a classic Coney Island day. Not not a kiddie classic, but a right uh, college classic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just magical and fun. We did we did all of the things. Rode the cyclone. The cyclone is this old rickety thing where. Like, if you put your hand up, you could accidentally have it cut off by, like, a piece of, you know, like, a wooden wrap, wooden oh, beam or something. Sure. Like, it like <laughs> it feels like, it's terrifying. Even though it's a tiny little roller coaster, it's terrifying because it just, it seems wholly unsafe. Yeah. Uh, a super, lot of those old roller coasters, too. Super fun in that regard. <laughs> and then we did the batting cages, including I did the... 106 mile an hour pros pitch batting cage, which I'm proud to say that I made contact. Okay. Like the first, like I went to swing because I had done like, I kind of, I am myself up. I did like the, like the 80 mile an hour and then I did the 90 mile an hour and I could kind of make contact with the 90 mile an hour. And then I was like, all right, 100. And you know, the way batting cages work, you can like kind of see the ball rolling down. So you're kind of getting ready. And then there's a, uh-huh. You know, as the the catapulty thing sends it at you, and that's kind of your cue to swing. But like, and if you miss, there's like there's the thump of the catapult, and then a pop of you know it hitting the backstop behind you. Uh-huh. And so on a on a fast one, you know, you got the thump, you know, it's pretty pretty close between those two things. Uh-huh. But on that 106 mile an hour one, like I didn't hear it hit the backstop because my ear couldn't. Delineate between, like it was in a heartbeat that that ball hit behind me. So what I did was like I just held the bat out in front of me, so I could kind of get a general idea of when, where where the ball would be, you know, you know, flying. And then I worked back from there, and then I pulled back, 
And then I just, I swung when I heard the thunk. You just have to and, guess. And I, yeah, and I, uh, I made a, I, I, I basically hit a one foul ball. Okay. But it was only after like 20 pitches, that was all I, I mean, that's true. one contact. And then, for some reason, God, that was one of those magical days where like, even like the drive home in traffic was fun. I remember the Volcano song by Jimmy Buffett came on like <laughs> New York City rock radio. And it was, and it was either, it was either Memorial Day or Labor Day. It was one of those weekends. Uh, and so it was kind of just, just magical, just perfect. I think if you have, it, this probably has happened to you on a number of occasions, like a Krause, you know that where you like kind of running around all day and then you jump into really cold water and then you just get this blissful feeling like it totally resets you. Yeah. I think we had that. I think we jumped in the water just before we got in the car. And I had that like blissful reset where I'd been hot all day and then I was just the perfect temperature and oh, it was so much fun. We threw a part, we threw, we threw a spontaneous house party when we got home. Uh, and that was, uh, Kept it going. that was fun too. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. So now so what got you thinking about Coney Island shit? Uh, Lindsay saying that she was taking fun uh, 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 uh. and so Weirdest trip to Coney Island, though. Uh, it was my friend, British Dan Morrow, who we need to get on the show. Dan, Dan, the British man. And uh, his <laughs> his father wrote Can't Smile Without You. That was a hit for Barry Manilow. Oh. Uh, he's, a, he's a musician, too. He's got a really cool band called The Morrow. Uh, he and I were at a house party. And there was one other person with us, and I can't remember who it was. So get at get at us if you were if you were involved <laughs> in that trip. I would be curious to know. We were leaving a house party in like kind of a part of like central Brooklyn that we didn't really know. You know, we weren't familiar with, uh, and it was kind of empty. There you were, was you there were was in a neighborhood you were unfamiliar. Yeah, with. we're okay. unfamiliar neighborhood. Not a bad neighborhood, but just an unfamiliar neighborhood. Yeah, and n not a lot of taxi cabs, and we had had. Uh, I guess we had just brought it and not drank it. I don't think we stole it, but it was a, a big bottle of wine, but uncorked. I mean, corked, sorry, unopened. Big bottle, huge bottle of wine. And why do they make those giant bottles of wine for fun? It's just hilarious to have for, in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we get out and there's, this happens on weekends in New York City. There's midnight work on the subway. Oh, and when you're already in an unfamiliar neighborhood, it can be really confusing. Oh, yeah. And like I said, no cab like stops are closed. Yeah. No cabs around. And so the, the uptown train wasn't running at all. The downtown train was running, and it was Coney Island bound. So I was like, Dan, fuck it. Let's go to Coney Island, man. It's like four o'clock in the morning. And and he's 100% in. And whoever, yeah, whoever else was with us, too. Wow. And we get on that train and we're trying to open that bottle of wine. Just, and no, uh, no, there were no, definitely. No corkscrew. No corkscrew. No, of course yeah. not. There were definitely other people on the train. I remember that. And it's so funny to me. We, we were really, like, these memories are very hazy for me. Right. We were really drunk, right. and I can only imagine how amusing it must have been to see like 
these three people like like drunk monkeys changing a tire trying to open this uh open this giant bottle of wine with like their keys you know <laughs> like, uh just doing all sorts of stuff. It's that, difficult. Yeah. And we didn't even get close to getting this thing open. <laughs> and that whole trip down. We get out and like it's just like civil twilight, you know, or sunrise or whatever you call that. Like just barely the beginning of sunrise. The sun's just coming up. You know, over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Is where you're standing there. Yeah. And we we walk down our first stop was the water and we wrestled with that bottle some more and we got at some point we did get it open uh but we didn't have any cups or anything Without breaking the glass yeah we didn't have any cups or anything and i think like the cork was like floating in it and all like <laughs> gross like broken up so every time you sit you got a little bit of cork and we Jumped in the water, which was very, very cold. And like, but also gave us the reinforcement that we needed to then like continue walking around in like ghost town, Coney Island, where there are still people like kind of going about their day, like Russian guys opening their like pickle shops, you know, and kind of all kinds of weird stuff going down. And we find this all night diner, which is just a classic. New York diner with the round stools on the bar, long bar behind which, you know, the guy is like taking orders, you know, and yelling it back through a window. Checkered tile. And yeah, you bet. <laughs> and he like was just super amused by us. Wow. He was like, what? You know, he was probably bored, you know, like, or whatever, but like it was old, like kind of old Russian guy or something or old, like South Brooklyn dude. And he, like, he got us cups and let us just, like, sit oh, there drinking the that wine yeah. while we ate, like, eggs and sausage diner breakfast, I mean, hash that, browns, all that stuff. That seems like an oasis. In a, saved your life. In, like, a, yeah, magical, like, Sunday morning dawn at Coney Island. Uh, definitely one of the most magical experiences of my life. Just Dang. sitting there, just getting full bore further drunk you know at a at a diner on the you know on the i i wonder if what's your memory of finally getting home oh non-existent right right we fell i think we fell asleep in a big pile on the subway i'm sure it was super complicated oh, yeah man. getting home oh, i think in times like that we would all no matter who lived where we would all go back to 160 drinks and stay there you know brutal uh and then brutal and delightful. And then wake up while the sun's going down and go out and do it all over again. But yeah, Coney Island, love it. Thanks for thanks for indulging that uh, that trip down memory way. That all started yeah at about five p.m. today, texting with Lindsay. I was like, I'm going to talk about Coney Island tonight. So well done, Lindsay Anderberg. Well, another thing I noticed about listening back to, and I had this on the show sheet about listening back to shows is when you start talking about your days in New York, <laughs> it, it's magical every time. I, 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 like in a way, I feel like we started the podcast. I, I was trying to think about us listening to the podcast when we're 
65. Yeah. And because when we're 65, we'll be like, oh, yeah, remember when we were 45 and just making a podcast? But we're, but but part of it is that we're trying to document for when we were 25, you know? Yeah. I know we talk about the olden days, all of the good old days a lot. It's hard to remember. So, in a way, it's good that we're getting a lot of this these stories into into the record for ourselves for our progeny you know again you think about grandkids listening to this people who want to know what happened to that shaper though <laughs> why is he like that <laughs> in, in episode 77 that we talked about um we were trying to get 77 segments into episode 77 (laughs) (laughs) and we had Alex there trying to like shape it for us. Alex brought on cues for the J, but in this like noir style where they all sounded rhetorical. (laughs) Okay. I'll stop. Shout out. I'll stop reminiscing about 18 months ago. Shout out to Kat and Jeff. Huh? Yeah. They, they, uh, helped us a lot i i hope that sometimes they still listen to the podcast send us some questions questions from yeah Kat or yeah questions from jeff jay do, do you have any more cues we should just get them on the show again whether they're listening or not have them have them account for themselves yeah yeah let's call them up right now no don't do that <laughs> don't listen to anything i say except this talk that i record on the podcast um, Shafi, can you tell me a little bit about futurism? Yes. Here, wait. Let me. What would let you me like? Do, let me do the same. This is the segment fast. Shafi tells us about futurism. Is this the future? Maybe podcast. This podcast celebrity sighting in futurism. There's some crossover in their subject matter. Oh. So I think maybe. <laughs> oh, Val. Podcast celebrity sighting. Podcasters talking about and futurism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do futurism. This is a great like mashup segment. There's gonna be there's gonna be a futurism segment every every week from now on. So like, here you do that again. <laughs> the problem with segments is that they always fall by the wayside. <laughs> not all, not all of them. We still have poetry corner is obviously. The anchor. In yep. fact, I like to think of the podcast as the bios boot up for the poetry <laughs> corner. And in fact, when we tell people what you make, what we, our podcast is about, we should just say we read poetry. It's poetry podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just and don't don't mince words. If somebody says, "What's your podcast about?" You just say it's a it's a poetry podcast where we read poetry. <laughs> But we can bullshit for like 55 minutes first. I'm just saying. saying. Uh, uh, tell me about the future. Now. Podcasts. I want to hear about the future now. So exciting thing happened. Uh, we're at the bar. Charlie and Dick and I are watching the Golden State Warriors play the Celtics in the NBA Finals. They're in the is, Bay Area. Is that Steph Curry? Steph Curry, you got it. They're in the Bay Area for the game. And I noticed that right behind the Bay Area bench, and this is so podcast nerdy of me, so nerdy. I recognize Molly Wood 
from the Make Me Smart podcast <laughs> sitting there right behind. And I was like, guys, I'm pretty sure that's Mollywood. And they're like, who the hell is Mollywood? She's also like, on Marketplace, right? She used to be on Marketplace with uh, with Kai Rizdahl. She's not anymore because she joined a uh, some kind of tech uh, venture capital fund okay. uh, as their like, CTO. Okay. Uh, and that's Pro- probably so, for the paycheck, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's like, you probably, go, Molly. that's how she's getting courtside Golden State Warrior tickets. Yeah. Right? Because APM doesn't dole mm-hmm. out courtside no. warrior tickets on they, the rest. They have, APM does a lot of wonderful things, but yeah, that's right, right. probably not. I'm just saying, there's not that kind of perks <laughs> at that job. Go on. Uh, and she, but she also does, uh, she also does one called, uh, it's a thing, which is kind of, it's kind of a basically a trend forecasting podcast or a trend recognizing podcast. Okay, uh-huh. is this really a thing or not that's going on in American culture yeah. or world global culture? And so I love listening to that podcast too. I love everything about Mollywood. I got a huge podcast crush on her. Podcast yeah. crush. Yeah, watch out. Get your get your restraining orders now, folks. Uh, that's a joke. No need for that. <laughs> I'm a sane and rational individual. Uh, love you, Molly. Come on, Shafee. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm not sane. I, I'm a sane and rational individual in all the important ways. Are you, or are you not recording a podcast with me right now? I'm not dangerously insane or dangerously irrational. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dick and Charlie are like kind of just laughing at what a nerd I am. And then later on, she mentioned on her podcast that she was at the game. I was like, yes, yeah. I knew that was Molly. Nice. Uh, so really funny to me. And then they started talking about something, and this is this uh, this jives over into futurism. Uh, they started talking about movie lengths. The length a movie the play, the, the running movie. time. Yeah. Okay. And how. And this this is something that I'm on board with 100. I have I've felt this way for two decades now, and that is, I am vastly more interested in watching a 90 minute movie than watching a 180 minute movie. Okay, okay. In a second, you know. Okay. Like that will be the way I choose between two movies. Uh, Is it closer to 90 minutes or closer (laughs) to two hours? Uh huh. Two and a half hours, even, you know, or hell, three hours, you know, lately. and sure, like you know, and Wagner's the, the Ring Cycle, and the, see, you know, that's they were kind of bringing this stuff up on on this podcast. You know, they there's you can tell a story in twenty two minutes. We know that from uh, sitcom television, yeah, uh, or you know, and and everybody kind of likes you know the. The streamer shows that, you know, they're hour-long dramas that, you know, run 55 minutes. That's fine. 55 minutes is good. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, some of these movies are just so long. You, like, you don't need that long to tell a compelling story. And in fact, you know, if you're, like, kind of fleshing this out for some reason, I think, you know, maybe maybe movie theater execs are like, well, we're going to charge $15 for this. We got to give people as much bang for their buck as possible, but that is just not a good way of looking at things. It leads to bloated narratives that sometimes don't make any sense at all. And but isn't that? But it's part of the problem is a writing issue. 
because people are telling a story and they don't know how to be succinct. Yeah. And they don't know where the end is going. And, um, but and things can kind of the big difference dawdle, shall we say? I want to say his name's Frank. I can't remember who Molly's cohort is in that podcast, but he pointed out it doesn't matter. Like the difference we're focused on Molly. You know, <laughs> right? When when there used to be, you know, your three hour opera like you're talking about, or your nine hour opera, your three hour, you know, movie theater. That's back when they're just. There weren't as many choices. wasn't a lot going you know, on. There wasn't a whole lot going on. They so didn't have like, uh, the tiki talkies. Let's let's. They didn't have. Let's the make Oculus a night out of Rift. this. We're going to the theater, and they were talking about it just like with food too. Like you know, people are favoring a food truck over you know your classic kind of you know sit down nine course nine course meal. Fixed. You know, yeah. uh, and that's you know that's just because you know there's lots to do and you can get. The food is often just as good, and yeah. you know, this is the problem with the University of Texas football fan base, actually, <laughs> uh, because there's so many other things to do in this town that if you're two scores down, people are <laughs> people are going to go find a food truck instead. Yeah. Um, that, but that sorry, that's a different topic. Uh, go on. So, uh, you know, I and I agree with that, and. Uh, you know, and then they were also talking, and this choice thing is becoming very interesting. And I, this is where it kind of gets into futurism. Uh, I started thinking about, you know, like with TikTok, this, you know, hyper tailored content. You know, you can, you have so many choices, and we have, you know, uh, we have a little bit of AI helping us out now, too, right? With these a algorithms. A little bit. Algorithms. Yeah. To where you can tailor it. To exactly your particular tastes, your favorite echo chamber, and then it's and then it's and then it's cutting out everything else. And you know, Netflix does it. Netflix shows you like we know you like to watch action movies. Netflix is the worst. Here's, I look, I look at list. Amy's Netflix, and I'm like, look at all these shows. Yeah, there's an entirely different. <coughs> so that's only going to grow. And I was also thinking about you know things becoming hyper personal. I was thinking about things like podcasts, like. TBTL, <laughs> Beautiful to Live, you know, a big part of that podcast is is its listeners and their interaction with that podcast. So the listeners kind of become a kind of a third member of the show. And that's something that we've sort of, it's something that I recognized was important about that show. And I, I've kind of tried to push here, maybe, you know, maybe tried to fake a little bit here, right? I mean, you know, I think we're doing that here. Bringing up, you know. I don't think you're faking it. My dad and my sister and yeah, you know, and, and 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 I'm not you who do respond to the show. I'm not saying that you're fake. I'm saying that you know, I knew that but this would be you, an important. The picture thing. you're painting is that there's there's this American public media show that has this kind of niche audience, and it has spawned these other small shows that have their own niche, niche and audiences. smaller audiences. And I, you know, and I, and going forward, as because there's not going to be less content going forward. There's going to be more, and I think it's going to be more important to reach out to your audience every week, that your audience does know you know you, and want to know what's going on in your life next, and it's, if, if you're mentioning them by name and talking about their lives, then that's going to be more interesting to, to them than all of the other random podcasts that don't mention them in their lives, you know? 
Is this all about how Jimmy Kimmel and I are secretly friends? Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, well, we definitely need I, to... I, didn't want to bring it up. And <laughs> That's we need to hear more about that if it's true, <laughs> or even if it's not. No, it's uh, just in my mind. If you would like to create another uh, Tarzana, California, Shaggy Dog story out of oh, well, here your, we go again. Your relationship like, with Jimmy Kimmel. I've got this whole room. Be awesome. <laughs> huh. And uh, so get at us. Embarrassing. Get at us if you want us to expand the fake storyline of Matthew's relationship with Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, you know who did get at us. Wait, let me finish this. Oh, sorry. Because we're just leading into the futurism thing. Oh, yeah. So this is... I didn't mean to suggest you were done. <laughs> this is... The problem is I'm never done. Uh, so that's where the robot becomes important. But I did want to get this off my chest because the so Well, okay this, now, Shave. Here we go. Whole thing, <laughs> thinking about that and thinking about personalization yes. had me then going into the futurism where I, where I try to... Sci-fi Shaver tries to imagine 30... 50 years down the road, what is what are movies and media and podcasts going to be like? And I've often thought as, because, you know, you can tell computer generation is getting really good, right? Computer generated animation, deep fakes, you know, we're able to create stuff. And so I used to think about, well, when movie producers, eventually actors aren't going to be necessary. Eventually it's going to be a movie producer talking to a, talking to an AI saying, all right, give me somebody who's half Channing Tatum and half Owen Wilson. All right, good. Uh, maybe, okay, let's turn the Owen Wilson up 10%. Turn the Channing Tatum down 10%. Let's make him blonde. All right, good. Blue eyes, that's great. Now let's, uh, let's turn up his smirkiness uh, by just 5%. Perfect. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, now we're going to give him a vote. Technical. Throw, throw in a little Matthew. We're going to give him smirk. a, yeah, there you go. We're going to give a, and now we're going to give him a, about a, Let's give him a 70% technical vocabulary and let's give him about 30% street vocabulary. And now can we make his voice a little higher now? All right, perfect. And then you're not going to need, you're not going to need actors anymore, right? Yeah. Now give him this, now give him this line. Now turn up, turn up the sincerity of this line. Turn down the sincerity of this line. Uh, turn, uh, we, this line needs to be 80% yelled this line needs to be 20 percent whispered uh turn down the romance of this uh scene you know all that stuff and then so th i can I, I believe that this is going to happen it's possible that now actors are gone and it's just the movie producer and the movie you know maybe a writer hopefully a writer but maybe ai is writing it too you know yeah they're gonna have enough you know they're they're, gonna, they're, they're gonna get good they're work. already doing it with poetry it's not great, but it's still not bad. Uh, so eventually it's going to get there. Now, the next step is going to be when the movie producer is gone. And now it's just the individual. Like, all right, today I'm making an action movie. I want it to star somebody who looks and acts like my friend Matthew and my friend and myself. And uh, I want my dog in it. Uh, I want there to... Oh, wait, so you're the producer? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want it to begin with in a city that looks like New York. Uh, now, I got an apartment there. It's a fancy apartment. It's a... Uh, now, it begins, you know, with a, with a, with a normal morning conversation. Uh, let's turn up the... Uh, let's turn down the romance on this, and let's turn up the humor on it. Cool, great. Now... But then you're, you're in the movie. Now, right? there's an explosion. Yeah. yeah. 
and then you're a deep fake version of you. Then you're like, I shouldn't say deep fake. Hyper real version of oh, you. Wait, are you are you watching it? But couldn't you just be in the movie? Couldn't couldn't you arrange an entertainment setup where okay you just yeah. you are the president. You're right. And now you're and talking now about you're feeling a. I just listened to this physicist talking about the future and talking about how. Um, That's you great. Know, now you're talking now, about one now, step beyond what I'm now the. The the net is this hive mind that we have, but then the next step is that. Um, but uh, let's let's go back because now I like I, I want this to be shareable. So which is possible, oh. but I'm going to say like then you can say, hey guys, I made this movie where we're the bad news bears, basically, you know, or we're the we're the guys in the we're the baseball team in major league, you know. With the uh, cops in Miami bring down the syndicate. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, and then you can share with each other. But what you're talking about is even more fun. You guys can say, you can say, hey, guys, I created this VR thing. We're all going to participate in it tonight. We're all going to be cops in Miami. Or My life would be like a Michael Mann movie. You know, like uh, Gradient. You know, when you, when you look out across the city uh-huh. you see this great like auburn gradient that comes down from the top i, I love it i don't know if you've ever noticed that about michael man yeah he also he's also a he's also way into uh a... no i'm thinking of tony scott tony scott is famous for his blue lit blue lit silhouette sex scenes oh there's one in top gun there's one in okay. he has one in every movie there's one in true romance they're shot exactly the same way. And there's a there's a sexy song, Take My Breath Away. True uh, romance is in my like top five. Uh yeah, very stylist, like you were saying, high hyper stylized. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much how I kind of shape reality in my head. It's hyper stylized. Yeah. A little bit. I think that helps me cope. That's interesting. Uh, one match relation, get at us. Tell us what your movie would look like. What, uh, I feel like I, I think I would try to just go back to the, to Groucho Marx, to the Marx brothers, just have it be like me hanging out with those guys. It's black and white. It's Coney Island. And like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm the, I'm the sixth Marx brother. I can't imagine anything yeah. better than that. Yeah, that's pretty, how much fun would that be? That's pretty fantastic. Boy, I'm glad you talked about Coney Island. I'd like to go there someday. <laughs> you can do, or you can be in a, you can be in a Steve Martin rom com. I'd like to go to. Uh, Could be in the. I'd church. like to go to Coney Island with Alex Battles sometimes. Sometime, I think that would be. <laughs> I think that would be appropriate. Uh, and, and that's a very achievable goal. Let's make it happen. All right, play that, that robot. Get me that, out of here. That does seem possible. Thank you for joining me in my fu- my trip to the future. Oh, it's the future. So, people have been getting at us. I mean, just people we love. But uh, Brian Benitez got at us. Uh, he got very upset about our conversation about... Uh, drummers who are also <laughs> singers, which we we really did stumble around. I I, I want to say that not everyone has the deep knowledge of musical history and you know just 
just the knowledge of music like Brian does. And so I understand that a couple of punters like us, a couple of yeah. shavs like us. Yeah, just we're not, we're not, we're not fit to discuss rock and roll you know? in Brian's ears. Brian, Brian did get at us and clarify some drummers who sing, which I feel like, I feel like we at least named one of these guys, but Don Henley. Let me re- just read the text. We got a text from Brian, and the text said, Drummers who sing, Don Henley, Phil Collins, <laughs> that guy from Night Ranger. <laughs> That's hilarious. Who is the guy from Night Ranger? I, what is Night Ranger's it, big hit? It, I don't think it matters. Mickey Dolan's, which I should we have known that Mickey from I the think we brought up Mickey Dolan's. I think we brought up Don Henley, too. Karen Carpenter, Ringo. Didn't know I, Karen Carpenter. I mean, I wouldn't. Coming. Does Ringo sing? Yeah, I mean, I know Ringo's got a couple of songs, yeah. but like, but he he, he backups sing the yeah. other guys. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's and on his solo effort, yeah, he's the front man. Yeah, and of course, Getty Lee is the singer of Rush. How many phones do I have to throw at the wall? That was a continuation of the reading of the text. How from many Brian. phones do I have to throw at the wall? Yeah, that's hilarious. And you know, my, Brian was specifically responding to us. Remember, we were like. Drummers who are the front man of a band. Yeah, you know? that that was, and that's that's what we were. That was the specific. The Eagles, Genesis, yeah. Night Ranger, Monkeys, Carpenters, right. but but Ringos but, and his All Stars. But but Mickey Dolan's is not the front man of the Monkeys. Yeah, right. I mean, who is? Um, Davy. Davy. I yeah, and like and the monkeys were they were a fake band anyway, right? They were a fake band. Um, sorry to sorry to all you monkeys fans out there, <laughs> Brian. Don't get me wrong, I loved watching the monkeys. TV oh, I love the monkeys too, uh, Brian. Uh, also, rest in peace, Mike Nesmith. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for listening to the show. For engaging with us, and we apologize for frustrating you. It's going to happen again. It might happen before the end of this show. <laughs> might have already happened. Hang in there, my friend. You got. You guys were talking about. Uh, you were talking about y'all playing uh, video game golf together. Yeah. Did you hear about this new golf league? Live golf. No. Um. It's weird. I only heard about it this week because the PGA Tour kicked out these players that have contracted with this up-and-coming Saudi-backed golf association. Oh, wow. um, They're like, you can't do both? They were like, they they pulled their cards. That's Dustin funny. Johnson and Phil Mickelson. Two two of the biggest names in wow. golf are off the tour. Wow! I guess the the majors don't count. I think they can still play in the majors. But so this this thing, they they were playing in London this weekend. Um, live golf, and I guess it's backed by the Saudis. And the reason it came to my attention because it was all in the sports news that that the PGA Tour. Like I hadn't heard about this, but they. But it was like, hey, PGA Tour kicks out these. There's 14 players that 
that contracted with this. That's funny. Did re- they kick them out? Is it like a snobby thing? Or? Well, it is reported that Phil Mickelson received a payout of $200 million oh. and Dustin Johnson received a payout of $150 million just to join the league. And then they, they've they got this team golf thing I mean, they lost sponsorships. So. These guys are on a team, a four-man team that, like, plays through the season. And then they go – they do these – tournaments and i guess some of them are individual play and some of them are team play there's some other names here you might recognize kevin na i mean the i think that the the payouts is bullshit there's money flying around everywhere louis oosthuizen this is totally like yeah i'm recognizing a ton of these names so they oh sergio garcia yeah yeah austinite this is totally not and so I guarantee you the money flying around is not the motivation for kicking them out. This is totally No, it's no, it's the Saudi these people human are threatening rights violation. Our, but but it's also the PGA tour is is threatened, yeah. 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 Like they they were the they're really the biggest game in the game. And <clears throat> there's this up and upstart organization. Interesting, right? Sure is. And you heard it here on uh, One Magical Hour first, folks. Breaking, breaking news. Um, so, that was my robot. Did you um, like it? I did. I do. And so does the, <laughs> so does the robot. Um, we were recently having a discussion about Luddite. <laughs> Luddites, us being semi-Luddites. Yeah, obvious, it, obviously we're not. You know we're what, surrounded by You know what we should do? <laughs> But you know what we should do is we, we know should, how to use pretty well actually. We should actually look into that movement a little more carefully <laughs> and do a report out on that. But I haven't done that yet. Just maybe calling ourselves Luddites, calling ourselves it is uh, foolish. And then another thing, um, we talked. I looked up Night Ranger. I really don't know these popular Night Ranger songs. Like, what's that the well. number one song? Well, I mean, the, far and away, the number one is Sister Christian. How does that song go, though? In my head, all I can hear is Christian, know the time has come, and you know that you're the only one Ah. to say, Okay, Motoran. Okay, Motoran. What's he saying there? What's your thing? Motoran? Motoran? Does he say motoring? I think that's the best piece of podcasting we've done. I saw a Sister Christian, and all I could think of was Sister Golden Hair Surprise. It's a different song. What is that? That's a 70s rock song. <laughs> Sister Golden Hair Surprise. This is. And I just can't live with that. Can't you see it in my eyes? This is another one of those times where we're at a karaoke bar and you find something in the book that <laughs> I, I nobody's ever heard. Sister, and Sister okay. Golden Hair Surprise. I'm, I'm, it's, whoever wrote that song was, it's really funny. They were on record because it's a really weird song. And a lot of people are like, what is that a, really about? Like, where's the Shira? Oh, it's America. Oh. <laughs> Have I heard this song before? Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, great yeah. song! Yeah, I've heard this song. Sure. So the the guy from America who wrote this song, he's on record. You know, everybody's like, "What is this song about?" I can't quite figure it out. He's on record. He's like, "I wanted to." I sat down and tried to write a song. I was impressed by the way Jackson Brown 
write songs that sound like they mean something, even though they really don't. Yeah. He's like, I sat down to try to do that. Write a, write a song that seems like it means something, but doesn't necessarily. <sighs> he just, wrote it, ended up writing a big hit with that, Sister Golden Hair Surprise. That's just like this podcast. <laughs> and uh, Colin from Blue Sky uh, has some hilarious breakdowns of that song about what it's uh, what yeah. it's actually about. Like, <laughs> so it's about like an incest. It's your sister, and, but then <laughs> you, then you didn't realize that she actually was blonde hair until your wedding night, and that's when you found out that it was your sister. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to talk to him about that. He has some hilarious interpretation stuff. Like, we uh, there's a couple more things that I picked up in listening to previous shows. We talked about Alex having a run of shows coming up. Yeah, we need to we need to talk to him about how those run of shows are going. It was like, and remember, it's canceled because of COVID. Oh, it was I think, like oh shoot. I think like some things happened. Yeah, and the, then the second run of shows might have even run into some complications because okay. of yet another return of COVID. Well, uh, let's get him back on the show to talk about that. I haven't talked with him a whole lot because he was in Italy for a while with Alexis, so we definitely need to hear about that. And uh, you know, he's been talking about that. Um, w. B. Cooper movie. Oh yeah, DB DB Cooper. Cooper. He talked about that starting in episode seventy-seven. Yeah, <laughs> and mentioned it like every time he was on until he, he finally actually talked about it. I finally watched a little of it. Oh yeah, was it? It was entertaining. Enthralling. He described it as this movie could be as long as it wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of movies. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. One more thing. I have an avocado review, actually. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Should I do my thing before you your avocado review? I just, the last thing I wanted to mention about listening back was. I realize that I've been a real pain in the ass. <laughs> and I thank you for your patience with me. I absolutely don't agree with that statement. I I don't know. I I interrupt, I go off on a jag. It seems like when as I listen back, I hear you being very patient with me. <laughs> and I I just appreciate that. So thank you. Okay. Let's, I, hear, let's hear your avocado. I have never found it a chore. Like figuring out how to dial in the old robot. At the very beginning, was, was yeah, yeah, the only, I, yeah. Like, I that's the only time I can think of when I was like, "This oh, is not a know, good." I'm, I'm, I'm quietly, actively being patient right now. You know, <laughs> like just because I was, I was hitting the robot. Yeah, it was just too loud, and you were, you were, you were still kind of figuring out when to use it and when not to use it. And yeah. that's the only time when I was like, I'd find myself like talking, and then the robot starts. <laughs> All right, are we roboting or talking right now? Well, I, ne I, I never mean for the robot to, like, be playing you off at all. And I have a problem where I just, like, stop talking and space out a little bit. So Not right. That's, uh, it just, it, that's, that's what I mean. I interrupt. I understand you mis misinterpreting that as maybe shape is fun. Right. right. Okay. And then I'm well, glad we talked about this. <laughs> but that's my fault. That's, that's absolutely not your fault. That's you trying to keep the and needle well, moving. If, uh, however many number of times... I interrupted you untowardly <laughs> with the robot. I have to say, however many times that was, the robot has saved us twice yeah, over. Yeah. No, I, this is not. This is, there were I, many times where 
where were we going? And this is in like <laughs> the first 20 episodes. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the very beginning. I don't think the show begins until 54. Really? <laughs> it's funny how that kept moving. Yeah. When does the show begin? Okay. Because at one point we were sure by 20 we had it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. That's hilarious. Yeah. I would definitely. I would say we still don't have it figured out. Right. I I know because shout out to Jared That's Flato. why it's called Practicing Podcasting. New listener, Jared Flato, who's probably not actually listening. Uh, I gave him both the link to... Uh, the link to my show, my my appearance on the slowdown uh-huh. oh, yeah. uh, with Ada Lamone. Thanks for that, and and the link to our show with Lucas on it. Uh-huh. Uh, both, you know, I was like, ch- you know, check out obviously check out the slowdown if you want more podcasts in your life. Check out this other one too. Uh, <laughs> he texted. He was like, I listened to that. I listened to your poem twice last night. He was like. The horse racing, not so much. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, and that's a delightful thing about Jared is that he will speak with you very frankly about uh, about everything. It's great. Um, and I'm going to encourage him to listen more. People will find it, or People. they will. But everybody needs encouragement. Yeah, here and there. We. Uh, Avocado. Let's review something. Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night, I was down in the dumps. Oh, I just, I wasn't feeling great physically. I wasn't feeling great mentally. I was just, I was just existing in this world. And I was listlessly looking through like all of these like violent shows on the streaming networks and, you know, stressful looking stuff. I was like, why? I was like, I just need something nice and sincere and and heartwarming. And I found some sort of Irish rom rom com called Wild Mountain Time, T H Y M E. Uh starring Emily Blunt and, and some Irish dude. And I was like, perfect, you know. Like, you what, blunt. like what's more sincere than an Irish rom com, right? What else is Emily Blunt? And I was wondering about this. We I were, love her. We were just talking about a movie with her. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah the the rock. The um. Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah yeah yeah. She was in, she was in Jungle Cruise. Right oh right oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So. She. And then I was watching something else. That, a little older she was in. Yeah, I'm pulling it up here just because it's it's distracted me from my avocado review. So we're gonna find I'm acting pulling credits. Up her IMDb. Yeah. This is uh IMDB on the fly. She was in the Double Wears product. She was in Looper. Great movie. Oh Looper was Edge awesome. of Tomorrow, which I still haven't seen. We we talked about Looper on the film on the podcast too. Sicario? Uh oh, she was in, she was the Mary Poppins in the Mary Poppins Return, which I haven't watched, but I bet that's really good. I'm I'm a huge Emily Blunt fan. I think 
She was also in both of those Quiet Place movies, which I didn't watch either. Oh, that's scary stuff, right? Oh, uh, Royal Family. Oh, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. <laughs> and Girl on a Train. So. You were watching Romantic an Irish rom-com with Emily Blunt. I started. It's wonderful. It's everything that I hoped for. Chris Christopherson. Oh, sorry. Christopher Walken uh-huh. is in it. Okay. He plays like. The guy's Irish, duh. Okay. And he does his best. He does not hit the accent. But it's so weird and earnest that it doesn't matter. Like, he's still great. Uh, Chris, now, these these days, Chris Christopher's, Chris, Christopher Walken playing an old man, or Christopherson playing an old man, uh, he just, he does it perfectly. It's so fun. And, it is, you know, especially playing, a, you know, a nice kind of gruff old Irishman was just, it was wonderful. Uh, the whole movie is, is, is very good. It had this weird kind of poetry and real life quality to it that I thought was interesting. Also, it has the trunk salesman from Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> I was like, one wow. of your favorite films. He plays the weird next door neighbor, uh, He's a really funny, weird little role, like almost like the next door neighbor that you never see, but it's causing them a bunch of problems. He's like, he's like as close as as close as possible to like the bad guy. Actually, that's not true. There's another famous person who plays like kind of the real nemesis in the movie. I'm not gonna tell you who that is because I don't want I want it to be a surprise. What's the film? Wild Mountain Time. Wild Mountain Time. Okay. Um, but like I say, just delightful movie. Uh, you know, everything that I wanted and, you know, very subtle, you know, it's not a big movie at all. Very small movie. Uh, you know, just because I'm gushing about this, like, don't get your expectations high. It's just like a nice, normal movie. Okay. But, uh, so I get to the end. Wow. Like I said, you know, that poetry in real life thing, man, this was perfect. What a good movie. And then there had been no opening credits. Up on the screen, flashes written and directed by Sh- John Patrick Shanley, the guy who wrote Moonstruck and wrote and directed <laughs> Joe versus Volcano. <laughs> I was like, oh, no wonder this seems to be like He's the perfect Schaefer movie. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> Did you know Manish watched Moonstruck twice in one day recently? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Well. I, I'm pretty sure I saw a trailer to that. Now I'll seek it out. Yeah. Really. I mean, just the, yeah, like I said, just like a, a nice normal movie. And like, just the, like the way it looks presented on the, you know, streamer catalog. Like I would have like, I would have skipped by it every time. Like it looks like, you know, just, it looks like a weird, like Hallmark romance thing. Streaming's ruining you know? movies. You were talking about movie running times earlier and like I haven't sat down and watched a two hour movie in one sitting and I don't know when I I guess the last time I went to the movies with you, <laughs> you know, I Wild Mountain Time is a 90 minute movie. Perfect. Uh, it's in, uh, it's already on my list. So another time and a Wild Mountain Time, eight avocados hands down. Oh, OK. 
another time when I was feeling much better, this was a different time. I was feeling just fine. And a different THYM. Yeah. different. E. I, and I was fine. I was just, I, I, I think I was actually doing something else. Like I was practicing guitar or something and I just wanted to put on a thoughtless, silly movie. Uh, like while I played guitar scales and stuff. And uh, so I found Predators with an S, oh, which is a uh -huh. sequel, obviously, to yeah. Predator. And it's, you know, they've done like a few variations on it, like yeah. Alien versus Predator and all that stuff. So this was a direct throwback to the first movie. And I remember when this came out. Uh, it's got Adrian Brody and yeah. uh, uh, Danny Trejo. Uh, Maybe I've seen it. The kid from that I know, 70s I know, show. I know, I know exactly which time. Whatever his name is. Vilmer uh, Valderrama. No, uh, the main guy. Topher, Topher Grace. Grace. Uh, uh, Jinx. That one is everything you would want it to be. Okay. You know? Yeah. It is a it is a predator movie. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Um, a hilarious uh, guest appearance by Lawrence Fishburne as this... So the premise of this one is there's a planet that's just their game preserve. You know, in the original Predator, the one Predator came here a hunting, you know, and, uh, you know, found the oh yeah found I, the I, Navy SEAL team in, the, in Costa Rica or whatever. I think I have seen this. Um, this one is all off-planet. They've got a game preserve up there, and then, like, three of, three of them, like, hunt. They, they stock it up. They just randomly, uh, they kidnap you. They throw you out of an airplane, you parachute down into this jungle planet, and then they stalk you on it. Oh, fun. Uh, Larry Fishburne is this dude who shows up in the middle of the movie, and he's been surviving on there for, what, 10 seasons. And he, like, he, like talks to himself. He's really funny. <laughs> he's just, like, been living alone on this game reserve planet. <laughs> and that's also on the streamers? Yeah. Is that on the Netflix? That doesn't matter. I'm not I'm sure, sure which it's, one. Yeah. The one I don't have if I want to watch it. Well, I feel like we've really set up this poetry today with this 55 minute chit chat we had before. It was, uh, it wasn't 55. I, it was much longer than 55 minutes. Now, if I do my weird new pound poetry idea, it's going to take a little longer. Do you want this to just be a long episode or should I pivot? Maybe we save this for later, and I just read one of these Ed Dorn poems. Let's read one of the Ed Dorn poems, okay, because this is already a long episode. Yeah. All right. We're pivoting, folks. We're remember not pivoting. We're just, we're just uh, saving some of this great content for the future. Uh, I found, this is also found poetry. It's a weird little book that I found uh, by a, printed by a press in 1980. Press out in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, Ed Dorn. Ed Dorn is one of the kind of another beatnik, one of the Black Mountain guys. Um, you know, kind of a, a later beatnik. Okay, like us. Yeah. Jimtown. I thought it was because you know I call Jameson Jim uh -huh. or Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. so I, was, I, I thought this was funny. I was like, oh, Jimtown, town full of gyms. <laughs> The first assumption was somebody named Jim lived there, perhaps in a hut. But tonight, chasing Narcissus, drifting into narcotics, discovered the 1890 common name 
for Datura Stramonium to be Jamestown weed. Do you know about Datura? Datura is a no. flower with a weird hallucinogenic quality. Is that like Jimson weed? I think it is, yeah, the same. Uh, okay. Which, yeah, I guess Hunter Thompson talks about that. Um, I've heard about that. But yeah, Datura. I had a friend who uh, talked about taking Datura, and he said it was like, it felt like he was poisoning himself. But yeah. he did have very weird hallucinations. In a very weird time, um, he said he was in a room where some people were playing uh, Mario Kart on the Nintendo, uh -huh. and he was holding his hand like it was a controller <laughs> and fully thought that he was playing too, like he was controlling <laughs> on the screen. So that's that's funny. Yeah. So there's Ed Dorn's Ed Dorn's poem about Detroit. Like, like finding this book has got me really curious about Ed Dorn. So I'm going to learn more about him. And maybe I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that. I've never time. heard him before. I've never heard of him before. He's got a whole series of little like. And I thought I knew all the beatnits. Haiku. I can believe Panama is the most beautiful isthmus in the world on the sole evidence of her name. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get that book? I think that I either bought it from I either bought it from the experimental musician Phil Gale in Houston, Texas, and he was going out on a tour and needed money for it. He sold off a bunch of his books. Oh, wow. um, or I got it at the book sale to benefit the Poetry Project at St. Mark's Church in New York. Okay. Not sure which, though. Got a couple of valid both, histories. Both places where I got really good, really weird, yeah. really cool poetry books. That's a cool book. Well, we love you out there, One Magical Nation. We love you. You know, we Keep love to hear from you. Get at us. Thanks to Shafee for putting up with my shit all this time. It's been nothing but a pleasure, my friend. <laughs> This will be coming up on two years now, huh? Coming up on two years on this podcast. We should we should make some more episodes. Yeah. Well, we'll be having uh, Annie on soon. We'll be having Jason on soon. We'll be having... Uh, We're having everybody on. If you're listening, you're probably going to be a guest on here Kevin soon. Kevin on soon. Uh, Derek said he would happily uh, hop on. I wanted him to come on and chat with us about... Both the poor man's game and the January 6th commission. That's, uh, just cause exciting stuff. He, uh, he had a front row seat for both. He's in DC, so he's must, you know. must see TV. Okay. Well, one thing I know about insurrections is the poor, the choices, the speed of the wine. The shift in the center of violence.
When can't nobody see me while I'm making the feast? My roots is strong and sturdy, and I'm about to come forth. Cruising for a bruising, a formidable force. I'm mad by a funky donkey, now I'm standing in front. I got the OG formula to get it all done. So step the back and put your ear to the ground. Cause I'm on a war path and I ain't backing down. Stand up, stand up, fight the fight. Stand up, stand up, knock out lies. Stand up, stand out, and I don't back down. Stand up, stand up, and you're going down. Stand up, stand up, fight the fight. Stand up, stand up, fight the fight. Stand up, stand up, knock out lies. Stand up, stand out, and I don't back down. Stand up, stand up, and you're going down. I've been sitting on the top in the back of the shelf. I think it's about time I express myself Cause it's sitting on the top of a very city of gold And a full of kind of street Credit tenfold So I'm coming through the back door While you ain't looking No bridging you at the knees And causing a crippling So step the f*** down Cause I'm stepping up And it's never too late For a late bloomer riser The shift in the center of violence Stand up, stand up, fight the fight, stand up, stand up, knock out lies, stand up, stand out, and I don't back down, stand up, stand up, and you're going down, stand up, stand up, fight the fight, stand up, stand out, fight the fight, stand up, stand up, knock out lies, stand up, stand out, and I don't back down. Those increasingly coming down with fight to death between the two. So the Stand up, stand up.